Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the TAO Intentions Podcast. I am your host, Orchid Brown. For today's podcast episode, we are going to talk about Canadian Thanksgiving. Now, going through the process of this podcast episode, we will be talking about gratitude and Indigenous people because that is the topic of conversation that we have been having a lot for the past few years. Yes, they have discussed in the news and they've, they've shown the government has shown support and acknowledgement. But for Canadian Thanksgiving, we really need to go back to the beginning. Again, I'm not going to give too much information, but at the end of all the information that I have provided, you can then go on the websites that I might have mentioned and learn a little bit more. So one of the reasons why I decided to conduct this podcast episode about gratitude and the indigenous people. This year, we have had this huge push when it comes to human rights and the support of social causes that affects communities that are suffering. Within the States this year and last year, they were pushing the narrative of Black Lives Matter and then Asian Lives Matter after COVID. And so this movement of human rights causes and organizations that are popping up everywhere in support of those communities that are underappreciated and under recognized and undervalued are now being pushed to the forefront here in canada we are pushing indigenous people we are fighting for their right to enjoy every single benefit and privilege that this land has to give to them And unfortunately, it just seems to be a conversation that we just keep having and there really isn't any real solutions. There's all these patches that people have put on on the situation. And I just find that there isn't really a resolution. And so I understand why a lot of the indigenous people are just so frustrated. Every single time a prime minister is is brought into government a new prime minister they always start with an apology an apology to the indigenous people for their pain and suffering and so i always have a problem with an apology because i feel that with certain people an apology has has been good to them they 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 appreciate it 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 shows empathy it shows sympathy it means that you truly care but i feel that an apology followed by an action is what is more meaningful and so every single time the new prime minister of canada would go up on the podium being voted in by the community of canada and they won and they go up and they 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 say sorry they say sorry to the indigenous people for the pain and suffering that they have endured over these years and they're still struggling and yet after that initial apology nothing really follows nothing seems to 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 happen proactively to really follow up that apology and so it sucks that i'm starting this podcast episode with just kind of expressing what i really don't like about apologies but i really truly want people to understand what it is that they're going through and i really hope that you understand the history of canadian thanksgiving and how how most people might not believe in it so much when you see people who are still struggling 
and suffering. I will begin by talking about gratitude. I would like to provide the definition of gratitude. Gratitude means the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Keep this in mind as you listen to the rest of the podcast episode on Canadian Thanksgiving. We are now in the time where we are encouraging others and ourselves to be grateful. Wake up every day grateful. Be grateful for your food, your health, your shelter. Some people pray every day to show gratitude. Some people give back by donating to charities, food banks, and support those that are struggling financially and feed the impoverished children in Canada. Some donate to Ottawa Mission that feeds people living on the streets. There are people that give back yearly, sometimes monthly. I know that two of the causes that I like to support here in Ottawa is the food bank and also the Ottawa missions for the people on the streets. When it comes to the food bank, that specific cause has benefited my family being an immigrant to this country. I remember my mom having to go to the food bank to pick up extra food to help us survive here in Canada. So I know from personal experience the benefits that Ottawa Food Bank does for their community. And so I try to donate yearly to the food bank to assist immigrants, refugees, and most of the time regular white people who are on on hard times. And so I just appreciate this organization for providing support to their community and so I would highly recommend everyone find a cause that truly affects the community and show your gratitude by donating so that other families and other people can eat can live can have that support system that they might not be receiving being in Canada. A lot of people don't understand that as immigrants, we do feel alone. If we don't come with a a large family to Canada, we are alone. And sometimes in some communities, a lot of people have the assistance of people from their own country or from their own culture that might know their family, might be able to help them get jobs, might be able to help assist in any way. And so not everyone has that option. So I really encourage you all to take the time and donate your money to the food bank or the Ottawa Mission to helping these people. And let's be real, some of these people that are on the streets here in Ottawa are struggling with a mental illness and they really cannot survive in Ottawa. They just, they can't get a job. They they don't know how to, to incorporate themselves into the community and to build themselves or rebuild themselves due to their mental illness then you have people who have addictions and they're stuck on the streets and this is all they can do and there's a lot of things that are going on in ottawa but it would be nice to have a safe place for them to go to get some meals maybe meet a friend and have that community where they help protect each other even though they're on the streets because they just don't know how to fight their addiction or maybe they just don't want to give it up due to the fact that it's a coping mechanism for trauma or mental illness. And so 
this is a reason why I try to donate as much as I can, especially if I can't give my time because I'm working all the time. Donate. You won't die. Just donate. All right. So now let's get into Canadian Thanksgiving history. Thanksgiving is a harvest festival. That's how it began, which had turned into a tradition. This began with the Europeans and the indigenous people breaking bread together. It was organized as part of the order of good cheer. The survival of the settlers were dependent on the First Nation people. They taught them how to live in Canada through our ever-changing climate. And as an Ottawa person, you guys know what I'm talking about. The climate here in Canada is ridiculous. One moment is warm, one next moment is hot. It's just too much. <laughs> but we have learned to survive because of the First Nation people passing on this knowledge to new settlers here on this continent. An example of their help would be teaching the settlers ice fishing, how to identify non-toxic berries rich in vitamin C. There is a long list of, of skills and knowledge that the First Nation has passed on to the Europeans that truly helped them to survive. And a lot of people might not understand that when you're coming to a new country and you find people who are living there and are surviving and have an entire community and culture that centers around assisting others, passing on information from their history, you are at these people's mercy at this point. And so due to that, I feel that a lot of Canadians need to also remember to look back and to thank them for their sacrifice, sharing their food, sharing their knowledge, all of these things. You have to be thankful for it or your ancestors would have never survived. Back to Canadian Thanksgiving. In return, the French colonists invited some of the First Nations to their celebration, which included food, drinks, musket firing, and the first European play ever performed in North America. We're not even going to talk about what that play was. I did not appreciate it at all. The Europeans brought smallpox, Christian conversion, and treaty violations with an all-out war over Halifax because the First Nation never seceded to the Europeans. Of course, the power to be took the land anyways. Thanksgiving became popular in Canada in the 19th century. It became a cultural significance due to a woman's magazine that promoted abolition, white wedding dresses, Christmas trees, a focus on family, domestic science, and the elevation of Thanksgiving to a national holiday with a set universal date so that the entire nation could pray and celebrate together. And so that began commercializing Thanksgiving here in Canada. Canada needed an identity. And the prevailing concept was that a white Protestant nation that would marginalize the claims of indigenous people. This also included immigrants from Asia and Europe. An organization called Canada First promoted the vision of Canadian identity and called for cultural institutions like Thanksgiving to support a white Protestant Canada that celebrates farm, family, and religious devotion was established. 
again, this push was made during the time of Thanksgiving. The date of Thanksgiving was changed from November to October. This shift was decided around the turn of the last century that outdoor sports should be a part of the festivities. November was just too cold. Canada focused on Canada's moral superiority to the United States, which is why most religious leaders in Canada believe that Canada never had slavery when they actually did. They argued that Canada was the real chosen land. The U.S. had recently been punished for its slaveholding past with a devastating civil war. The country then went through a process of sterilization. And as Canadians, we all know what sterilization means, don't we? With the reconstruction of society by dealing with the First Nation so that they can recognize as settlers, they felt that the future of the country's direction was peace and prosperity by Christianizing and civilizing the First Nation, which meant cultural genocide through residential schools. This year on social media, I've noticed that there was a lot of memes, there was a lot of messaging talking about residential schools and a lot of First Nation people coming forward who are still alive from their experience um, at these residential schools coming forward and just letting the country know that they have been wronged, they have been abused, and they're still struggling in their old age. And so there has been a rise for Canada to really be proactive about the damage that has been done to the First Nation people for years, centuries, decades at this point. And it just kind of made me think, oh my God, like these people have been so wronged. And yet the government just says, I'm sorry. The Thanksgiving gathering existed long before the Europeans got to Canada or arrived to Canada is a better term of saying it. Feast and war dancing in homes and communities within the First Nation culture. You can learn more about this in the McLean's online article if you ever want to read up on it. They do summarize uh, a bit of, of this history specifically pertaining to Thanksgiving and so I do encourage you to go online and just read about this. Indigenous people have experienced and continue to experience collective trauma, which stems from colonization. Again, I come from Jamaica and we were colonized. We were brought from Africa to Jamaica to, to do all sorts of things. While we were there working in the, the fields, um, to to generate sugar and cotton or you know other farming that could be done in that specific climate and of course all of that hard work would be transported to Europe or certain parts of the world so that they can have the luxury on the backs of slaves. This is the history of many people around the world and this does this does not just include black people. Colonization was really a problem in the world. And we are still dealing with the effects from colonizations of our ancestors. And I continue. The effects of which are passed on from one generation to the next. Generational trauma, also known as intergenerational trauma. 
a lot of people don't understand what generational trauma is and in that case you can definitely go back to a previous podcast episode that i've done with dr tiffany ross where we talked about generational trauma and we also discussed trauma bonding and so i won't go into that for the rest of this podcast episode because you can always go back listen to that podcast episode to understand a bit more about generational trauma colonization meant force settlements of nomadic tribes relocation from traditional settlements force removal of children from their homes into residential schools or non-indigenous homes or orphanages they lost their culture traditional values family stability their parents and elders could not pass along vital cultural knowledge and resilience to children who were taken so basically they had destroyed these people's identities and so it is very hard to come back from that what people need to understand is that indigenous people make up about 4.9 percent of the population in canada which is 1.6 million as of 2018 they are all affected by this and i can i can understand this and feel for them because of what my culture went through colonization was really a bad thing it caused so much pain and suffering a lot of people died with grudges bitterness hate in their hearts some people were strong enough to release themselves upon death but a lot of people a lot of lives were lost due to colonization because unfortunately as humans we tend to forget that other people are humans and so if we treat them like their products or something to be used for an end goal then we are not going to see them as people and so we are just going to treat them like they're not people and and that's just that's just really sad the generational trauma lack of direction and purpose has led to substance abuse they underwent emotional and physical abuse let's not forget mental illness from being separated from their family and culture that takes a toll on someone's mind and on their bodies another factor i wanted to discuss are the abuse that still continues within the community and outside the community as i mentioned before emotional physical abuse this, is also, this also includes verbal abuse, but the rising issue has proven that indigenous women are unprotected within the rise in human trafficking of indigenous women. You don't hear it a lot on the news and you don't read it a lot in a newspaper because nobody really wants to hear about it, but it is happening. It really is happening. There are police, RCMP, that are trying to track this down, that are trying to prevent this as much as they possibly can, and they don't have the help. They really don't, and it's a struggle for them. And so if people could just come together, see the signs, use the tip lines, try to make sure that these women are protected, even if they look like they don't want your help, try to find a way without getting too involved and endangering your family, and to try to eliminate this within Canada that would benefit the country on so many levels 
But unfortunately, trust is not something that we are good at as human beings, especially due to our history. We have so much to be thankful for, especially when we stay blind to the injustice here in Canada. As immigrants and refugees, we are treated better than the First Nations. We have more rights for some reason. We have Indigenous Day, which only came in effect just a few years ago. And my hope uh, was that the sales of goods would benefit the Indigenous community. Increasing the sales of authentically made goods directly from the community would benefit the community. I also noticed that Indigenous performances are used when royals and guests from high classism visit Canada and the Prime Minister. But are they actually being paid? We don't know. And so how is Canada pouring back into the, the, the Indigenous community? We're not seeing it. All we hear are just all these injustices that are continuing today and the lack of acknowledgement. But I guess as per the government, just saying sorry is acknowledgement enough. Unfortunately, it is not enough. Do better. Do better. I also did not even touch on the cases of systemic racism and discrimination that they had to deal with within the indigenous community. They are mostly seen as struggled youth who are struggling with substance abuse. And it's almost normalized because it's been happening for so long. Keep in mind, going back to the first settlers, there was a lot of trade that happened within the community. Yes, the First Nation people gave a lot more to the Europeans to help them to survive, but there came a point where they started to return their kindness. But how they returned their kindness was by giving them cigars and alcohol, and that create they brought in poison into that community. Let's not forget all the diseases that plagued their community that the Europeans brought to that community and killed off a lot of the people within this humble community. And so all of these wars, because due to domination, not even because, but just due to domination, this culture decided to come in and say, listen, we're going to take your land and there's nothing you can do about it after taking as much resources as they could from them. And so that just makes me sick. But that is how nations are birthed. The America has the same exact history. And there are certain places in the world, third world countries, who went through the exact same thing. So it just seems to be a, a human trait, a very evil human trait. I just hope that people listen to this podcast episode and just understand how important it is to truly support and back the indigenous community. We still have a long way to go in, in providing rights to these people. And so don't just go on your social media and make your profile orange or post up pictures or memes claiming to support the community do more and do better. 
There are people out there who don't post up about what they do for the indigenous communities. They don't post up about going on their marches. They don't post up about the donations that they make to the indigenous community. They actually do it. They're not doing it for the glory. It's not to show off to other people that this is what they're about. They're actually doing it. They actually do the research. They actually try to find ways to support the cause. I just encourage anyone in Ottawa, all over Canada, to just do better. I understand that just like jobs, and I'll, I'll give you this example, most, most jobs tend to keep their employees so busy that they don't have the time to look elsewhere. They don't even have the time to realize that they are completely unhappy at their jobs. And so the country has found a way to keep most people busy. Your energy is depleted. You're too busy working how many jobs, trying to support your family, to put food on the table, be there for your kids, and also try to find the time to go out there and be proactive in fighting for social justice of people who are being discriminated against and are being pushed aside like they're nothing. And so it is very hard. And I'm not making this podcast episode to make anyone feel that what they are going through is nothing compared to the First Nation. That is not the point of this podcast episode. This podcast episode is just to say, hey, wake up. Understand that you are not the only ones that are dealing with these types of problems. You are not the only one dealing with problems in general. You're not the only one dealing with trauma. But if you have the opportunity to help others that are struggling, do it. Do more and be better. Period. So I just really wanted to push that narrative, especially with this podcast episode, because I wish I could do more. But I'm so tired. There are so many things going on. Every time you go on social media, there's there's all of these things popping up in your face. And they're talking about Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. And then they go into this cause and that cause. And it's just, it's just bombarding you all the time. It gets exhausting. You don't even want to leave your home on your days off. Do you want to go out and go for a march? No, some people do it. I remember speaking to a woman I previously worked with and I was just texting her one day and we we're just having a really good conversation. And she's like, hey, I have to go to bed early. And I said, oh, uh, what's happening tomorrow? She's like, well, I'm going to be going to Parliament Hill um, with a friend and we're planning on bringing uh, water bottles and some snacks. And, you know, for the march, we're just going to walk around and hand it out to people that maybe are just hanging out all day and truly trying to support the change for the indigenous people. And I thought to myself, this woman just went through so much trauma, so much toxicity, and she still took the time to buy cases of water. And her and her friend drove downtown, they parked, they packed it up, and they basically walked through the march to support indigenous people and hand out water to people so that they can stay and to keep fighting the good fight. 
And I just felt embarrassed because I couldn't muster the energy to go. I wanted to say, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to help you support. But I couldn't because I was drained. Drained from my job, drained from life, drained from all the bills. But at the end of the day, every single day that you wake up, you still have to be grateful because you could be going through so much worse than you are going through right now. And I mean, if you compiled all the things that you have on your plate all together, you know what it would equal? Cancer. Stress, cancer. Diabetes. All of these these ailments that could happen due to having too much on your plate. And so I just want people to understand that you can still be grateful. You can still wake up in the morning and say, thank you, God. Thank you for everything that you've given to me. Thank you for providing me with shelter. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my food. Thank you for my friends and my family who support me and are there with me and talk with me and we vent together. Thank you for the little energy that you give me just to go out and to try to help people that can't help themselves. These are these are the little things that you can do to show gratitude in your life. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. If you don't have the money to donate, find a way to donate your time. Try to find a way to provide information to the public if they don't need your time, but they need awareness. These are the little things that people can do. And so get involved in your community. Understand what, what's happening in your community and how your community is being affected and how you can help. That is your way of returning kindness, showing appreciation for what you have and try to use what you have to help others. And so that concludes the podcast episode. I wish I could go on some more. I wish I could continue to talk about this, but I really just want everyone to be grateful this Thanksgiving and to understand that there are people here in Canada that are dealing with much worse than what you feel like you're dealing with right now. Your problems might feel like a burden, but understand again that everyone there's other people out there that have it just as bad or even worse than you do. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Support all our guests by following their social media pages. Visit our social media pages for updates on our guests per week and our guests on the YouTube channel. Our social media pages are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. Share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends, and I hope you have a wonderful day as well. Again, happy Thanksgiving.